What's up? It's your pal Wenshi Castholicus, and this is The Bar is Low. Every episode, we take a look at a fanfiction or a collection of fanfictions, and these can be either good, bad, or in between, but mostly, they're bad. As you all know, I like dilves. I am always on the hunt for more content about my two favorite dilves, Koda and Ozai. So it surprised me when I stumbled across a fic from 2015 and 2016 and little bits and pieces on Tumblr that had been hiding from me this whole time. Well, I found it now. I have to say, really hit the spot, scratched an itch, really quenched my thirst temporarily, salted my melon, moistened my scrungo, if you will. That last one's not a euphemism. I know it sounds like one, but it's not. This author wrote a little bit of this fic every day and posted parts of chapters separately. The tagging was confusing and it took me a while to figure out how to get it all in one place, but I did and it was worth it. Today's fucked up Omita rating is a 4 out of 10. It's really not that dark compared to most of the Ozai fics I cover, or most of the fics I cover in general. There's the discussion of child abuse and Ozai's crimes and whatnot that we can expect from a fic centered around him. There's a few parts where the Dilves get held captive. Nothing that bad happens to them. Uh, and there are some explicit sex scenes. I'm just going to gloss over those because I'm not covering this fic to roast the word choice for once. I wanted to talk about it as a whole. Now it's separated into two main parts, pre-canon and post-canon, one of them as young men and one of them as the Dilves we all know and love. At the end of the episode, I'm going to give it a proper review, talk about how the two parts work together and how they don't, some things I like, some things I would have done differently, but right now, let's just jump into the summary. Let's get going. So we start off with a brief prologue of post-canon, which Ozai is brought out of prison to deal with something in the palace, and Dakota happens to be there and they recognize each other. This is where part two will pick up. Then things jump about 30 years back. So things really start off with a uh, young Prince Ozai on a Fire Nation boat that gets raided. Now exposition is not this author's strength. They don't tell us what he's doing in southern waters or who he's with or who's raiding the boat. I think he's on his avatar quest because of something they say much later, but it's actually not that important. What's important is that he's there in the first place. It's not much of a scene because the author's eager to just kick us into the main plot without much expositing. So while the prologue left us off with a lot of questions, those are the questions the author wants you to ask, but here I'm left wondering what the hell Ozai's doing. So he wakes up on a slave ship with some Earth Kingdom passengers, and he, he has such a dry, sarcastic sense of humor about the whole thing. Throughout the whole fic, really. I really love it. The Earth Kingdom guys are mouthing off about him being a firebender, and he's like, yep, I was on my way to burn down an orphanage, until I decided it was simply a better idea to jump off my boat in the middle of a hailstorm that's why I'm here. And there's a new arrival. Hakoda just gets yeeted into the hold with Ozai and the Earth Kingdom dudes, and Ozai explains to his fellow passengers that the slave traders are in fact slave traders, and what they're most likely planning to do with them. So he has like this metal casing over his hands, so he can't firebend, or eat for that matter. And he, he hasn't tried to eat yet, because he still has his dignity, but Hakoda actually helps him. And they do not show us the hand feeding scene. I am not sure if I'm mad or grateful for that. The Earth Kingdom guys get sold, but Hakoda has a plan, so the same thing doesn't happen to them. 
he has Ozai breathe fire onto his chain so he can break through them and get the key at the end of the hall. Naturally, Ozai is a bit distrustful because he thinks he's going to get ditched, but he agrees to it. So basically what happens is that Hakoda never comes back and Ozai gets sold into slavery. No, of course, I'm kidding. That's not what happens. But the soldiers catch them and, and chain them back up. So they're stuck together in the hold for a few more weeks. Just the two of them. <laughs> Jeez, and I thought having a dominatrix lasso them together was the best way for them to bond. They get to know each other, though. They talk about their families. Oh, they had some issues within that department, so uh, here's a little quote from them. My father had trainers and teachers come to me. I didn't really get out much to make friends. Ah, so you're a prissy little rich bitch, huh? Hakoda grinned. That explains a lot, actually. It's earned an eyebrow raise from Ozai. You just give off that I'm better than you vibe. But I am, Ozai remarked, revealing a smirk. What a fucking bastard. Hakoda asks how he got captured. Ozai makes up some shit about being on a supply run to the colonies. But Hakoda has a pretty good bullshit detector. He knows the shit about his family is true. But he knows that Ozai isn't telling the truth about who he really is. And that his real name isn't Lee like he claims. By the way, I'm sorry if there's background noises. That's my cat being a little shit. She's trying to play with the bag I keep my recording equipment in. Anyway, the days creep by and they bond <laughs> and Ozai starts to realize that Koda's pretty strong and smart and, and handsome mm, for a water peasant. They start to sail into colder waters. Ozai's just vibing because he got his drag and breath or whatever the fuck it's called anyway, but Hakoda's cold aff, so Ozai's like, get your ass over here, bitch boy, I'm gonna keep you warm. And this motherfucker wakes up with a boner. Nothing happens with that, but we're just foreshadowing, I guess. <laughs> the next night, they get rescued by the water tribe. Ozai isn't allowed to bend because they'll probably ditch him for real this time if they find out he's a firebender. Honestly, I'm surprised that Hakoda himself isn't a little more racist, but you know, if you're trapped alone with someone for two weeks, I guess the last thing you want to do is talk about politics with them. So Ozai just lies to the water tribe. He says he's Earth Kingdom. So he gets to meet everyone. He meets Bato, Hakoda's parents, Kana, Grand Grand, and his father's an OC called Chief Arluk. Oza doesn't plan on being there for long. He wants to catch the next boat back to the colonies. Throughout this whole time in the Southern Water Tribe, he kind of treats the place like a novelty. Like, he's still racist. He's like, hmm, maybe it would have made more sense for my dad to just have killed all the waterbenders, but I guess they were pretty useful at rescuing me from those slave traders. And like, man, these people and their defenses are pathetic. It's a surprise they've held up this long. I don't know, Ozai. Maybe they weren't so pathetic before your father committed genocide against them, asshole. Like, he's doesn't learn anything from this about respecting other cultures and peoples. He still goes on to be, well, Ozai. He only uses this opportunity to get absolutely dicked down by the hottest piece of ass in the water tribe, which is extremely valid of him, but still it would have been nice if he took along some life lessons with him too. I'll talk more about how the two parts mesh at the end of the review, but I feel like this could have been more of an AU. This whole fic just could have been expanded on. So Bato, Okoda, and Ozai go sledding like a bunch of 12-year-olds. Ozai finds that Bato is much less annoying and talkative than Okoda is, but he ends up sharing the sled with Okoda. And they get in a little accident and they land on top of each other and Okoda kisses him and he's like, ooh, ooh maybe I shouldn't have done that. But Ozai says, quote, it's fine. I'm aware of how hot I am. <laughs> Fucking bastard. 
fucking adore their dynamic. You all know that. That's just my trash OTP. So Okoda's dad leaves for a fishing trip and he doesn't come back. Has Okoda worried, but you know, that doesn't stop him from being a horny thought. It was like, see, said he wakes up with a boner and he's like, gonna get that dick. Cause who's gonna know, right? Certainly not there yet to be born children and the Avatar and various important nobles and ambassadors in like 30 years from now. Yeah, no. So it was like, proceeds to rub one out while Hakoda's asleep. Man, I ripped off this fix so hard without even knowing it existed. But Hakoda wakes up, finishes him off, and they'd be making out. It was like, I'd be sucking that dick. Mm, yeah. There are a lot of short little sex scenes in this fic. Uh, I'm not going to describe all of them, but I'll kind of go over my general perception of them. Now, this is not a porn novella. This is a proper fic with a plot and everything. And so the scenes, well, there are kind of a lot of them, as I said, are not overly long. And they kind of, you know, they fit in there. They're not the most interesting scenes, though. Now, I like to make my shit kinky to keep things fresh. But mostly they're just sucking each other's dicks and, and making out, giving hand jobs. There's a few anal scenes in there. I think it's fine that they didn't opt for more kinkiness. That might have felt out of place in a fic where the sex is not the main focus. I had some gripes with the word choice. The S word was used a few times. You know how I feel about that. I've definitely, on the whole, seen worse though. <laughs> this is like my favorite line right here. Not from a sex scene, just moving on to the next scene overall, where Hakoda takes him hunting. He's like yelling, every party needs a pooper and that's why they invited you. Hakoda chanted every time Ozai complained the last couple hours. Ladies and gentlemen, this is just mm, peak Hakoda. This is, this is what it's all about, guys. Hot dills fucking, I mean, that's just the icing on the cake, but this shit, this is the meat of it. This dynamic. This is why I love this pairing. Uh, if you haven't picked up on it yet, half this episode is going to be me gushing about them because I had no idea this fic even existed for years. And for the longest time, I was plugging away the only content creator for it. But had some more people get on board recently, and then, yeah, I found this too, which predates me. Meanwhile, Koda's still worried about his dad missing. Another party finds his ship wrecked with the tatters of a Fire Nation flag on it, but it's not like it stops these two from fucking again. I'm telling you, nothing dampens their libido. You will see this again in part two, but it is, it's nice to see a fic where Ozai bottoms without being a little bitch about it, by the way. As it turns out, though, Bato is watching them fuck. He's just watching them fuck. He's like, okay. Uh, he knows that Ozai's a firebender because the like the lanterns are glowing in time with his breathing. And Bato starts to storm off to tell everyone. But Ozai is like, look, man, I don't want to hurt you guys. I just want to go home. And mm, it seems like you enjoyed what you saw. If your boner is anything to judge by, uh, need me to help you with this? So this part is weird because first of all, like. And they're not even like in the tent. Hakoda's not here for this scene. They're just like out in the open, I guess. He he gets down and he sucks Bato's dick as a little thank you for keeping the secret for him. And because he's a harlot who loves Water Tribe Cock. I'm rebranding myself as this. I am no longer Wenchikistoticus. I am Ozai Loves Water Tribe Cock. Ozai is just one man on a quest to swallow as many loads of Water Tribe Cum as humanly possible. By the way, Bado and Koda are not gay for each other in this fic. I know a lot of people like to make them gay for each other, but they're just bros in an epic bromance. 
not an epic romance. Just thought I'd clear that up real quick. Uh, Hakoda doesn't know that Ozai sucked Bada's dick. Uh, he instead spends the whole night crying about his missing dad, and Ozai is trying to comfort him, but he's like, I'm not very good at this, and the, the weeping and whining is starting to get on his nerves. Uh, what I'd really characterize this part of their relationship as is that Ozai likes him, likes being around him, and loves that sweet, sweet water tribe cock, of course, but ultimately he's willing to cast him aside when it suits him like he cares but he, he really doesn't care that much it, it's just like Hoda is just his entertainment both in terms of their friendship and the sex of course uh so the plot develops with the next scene Hoda takes him hunting for like tiger seals with a lot of the rest of the tribe and it's a real turning point where Hoda falls through the ice and Vado is like bro do something and Ozai has to burn through the ice to save him. So secret's out now that he's a firebender and the whole tribe's fucking pissed off. Guess you didn't have to suck Bato's dick after all, did you Ozai? But you did it just because you wanted to, you harlot. I, I know I've mentioned this a few episodes ago. I've created them in The Sims and they are, I mean, Ozai's literally a prostitute. I downloaded a mod that lets you do that. He's also in a polycule with Hakoda and Bato, so I think that's fun. I'm really proud of him. He just walks around with cum on his face all day. <laughs> Can't see the haters if you got cum in your eyes. Anyway, uh, they imprison him and deliberate on his fate. Obviously, Hakoda doesn't want to kill him because he's proved that, hey, firebenders aren't all bad. They're supposed to leave it up to the chief and Hakoda technically isn't chief yet because he just turned 18 and they don't actually know if his dad is dead yet. Turns out the dad is alive. There's parts never really expounded upon. He comes back and Chief Arlock is not feeling the most merciful. Ozai has just been saying, please, I want to go home. But Arlock is like, bitch, if the situation was different, you'd kill us. So why shouldn't I kill you? One less Fire Nation soldier. But Katna swoops in and she decides to send him back home because Arlock has really been going through it, doing whatever he was out doing. So she's just acting as chief in his absence. And they have a whole big fight, but ultimately they decide to give him a ride back to the Earth Kingdom and then he can find a Fire Nation outpost from there. Kana's reasoning is really that he's just one dude. They can't put the sins of his whole nation on him. And if Akota trusts him, then she'll trust his judgment. Uh, the rest of part one is very eventful. Ozai gets a boat ride back home and they're, they're sneaking around fucking each other behind everyone's backs for a while living dangerously if you will they have a bit of a fuck buddy relationship they don't have strong feelings for each other or in, in Ozai's case any feelings at all <laughs> but their dynamic as friends simply delicious with the way their senses of humor clash with uh, Koda's more playful nature and Ozai just being a little sarcastic bastard Ozai pulls away from him on the last day on the boat because it's just too risky for them to keep going. And then this dipshit, guess what he does? He fucking leaves without saying goodbye because he's an asshole. So that is part one. He just, I guess, goes home, lives the rest of his life like normal without having learned anything from this experience. So we pick off right where the prologue left off. And this was really confusing because it didn't mark this as being 30 years later. I was just like, whoa, wait, whoa, why is Bato here again? What is going on? What is this conversation about? But yeah, it's the prologue. So Ozai gets dragged before Zuko for some issue with the new Ozai society. The gang is there with Hakoda and they're both like, oh shit, it's you. And <laughs> Bato is actually the one to burst out laughing. He's like, all right, uh, either of you gonna say how we, you know each other or do I need to tell him? And Ozai's like, 
yeah, we fucked a long time ago. And I'm saying this in an important meeting because I got beat up by a 12-year-old. I really don't care about anything anymore. Horrified gasp sweeps through the crowd. They all decide that maybe this is not a good conversation for the public sphere. Uh, so the new Ozai Society, which is being led by some guy called Zhu Wing, they're holding Azula captive and they want to exchange her for Ozai. So the trade will be made. And there's not a lot of detail about the politics surrounding this and why Azula got taken in the first place. Zhu Wing's motivations are pretty vague. I guess he just wants power and money. Doesn't really care about having Ozai back in power. Uh, this is really just a setup to get the two Dilves, and they are Dilves now. It's just a setup to get them stuck in an elevator again, figuratively. Because during the handoff, something goes wrong. Turns out Zhu Wing has some earthbenders on his side, and Hakoda and Ozai get stuck in a cell again. <laughs> Rip Rooney. <laughs> God, imagine being kidnapped and stuck with your ex from 30 years ago, who happens to be a genocidal ex-dictator like that's the last person I'd want to be stuck in a cell with. Hakoda deals with it I mean I don't want to say he deals with it well but he could have dealt with it worse it's just like the olden days back on the slave ship it's pretty cold in that cell so Hakoda's like get your skinny ass over here before I change my mind we're gonna cuddle for warmth and he's also like trying to get closure. He's like, I, I get why you lied to me about, you know, being the prince of an enemy nation, but what what even was the rest of that? And Ozai's like, I, I was bored. <laughs> so uh, what happened to everyone? What's your life been like since then? And Koda asked him like, are, are you asking me that because you're bored again or do you actually give a shit? Why don't you tell about your life? Why, why did you do all that crazy shit you did? And things are tense between them for a while because Ozai actually seems hurt and regretful when Hakoda asked him why he burned Zuko's face off. Now, it's just that he's not sure if he regrets it because he was wrong or because he faced the consequences of his actions. But I would have liked to see the very beginning of this process. This is four years post-canon, so we skipped over a lot of time that he had to ruminate on his life decisions. And that's one of my biggest problems with this fic. Probably my biggest problem overall is just the way we don't really get to see him change his mind. I'll talk more about that later. Now, even with this flaw, this is still an excellent scene of them reconnecting in the prison. Probably my favorite sequence in the entire fic, just because of the way it digs into his character, what he needs to be able to recover. He's not sure if he can even convince people that he's changed, and Hakoda suggests that he stops lying to himself before he can be honest with other people. So these hoes still sharing a bed. You know what that leads to. Ozai is a devious little man. He's like, come on, what else are we going to do in here? Well, besides talking about my existential dread, of course. Now let me get that sweet, sweet water tribe cock. Uh, and naturally, after they finish, Hakoda's like, we really shouldn't have done that. And Ozai's all angsty, like, it's okay. You can say it. It's because I'm a monster. I don't deserve any sort of pleasure. But Hakoda's like, no. Maybe you're a monster, but you're also just a man. Just a man who needs some loving. Some man who needs to be shown compassion in a world that has only shown him cruelty. And he's thinking, hmm, Ozai probably isn't duping me this time because this motherfucker would never act so vulnerable on purpose. So Zhu Wing comes in. He shows no sign of knowing about all the deeply emotional gay sex that's been happening in his desolate prison cell. He needs to move Ozai somewhere more secure. He asks him for ideas, threatening to hurt Azula if they don't comply. And 
bless his heart, Ozai actually gives a shit about his daughter. Hakoda tells them about like a bay they could go to to hide. Zoo Wing like shows them Azula. She's in pretty bad shape, and then Ozai spends a while agonizing over her condition. But finally, he he's like, mm, Daddy, I'd like it if you distract me from this horrible situation, <laughs> because these motherfuckers really haven't changed since Hakoda's dad vanished, and Ozai distracted him from that. Like I said, nothing dampens their libidos. Azula does escape, though. Uh, she brings them with her. As it turns out, a part of the new Ozai society actually does like Ozai. They finish breaking them out. The Dilves get the bright idea to turn the society in on itself. There's an action scene. Ozai ends up in a camp with a protagonist, but, but Zoo Wing got away. And Bato is there. He's like, hmm, watch yourself, bitch boy. Koto really cared about you back in the day. If you break his heart again, I will make your war crimes look like child's play. Okay, he's not quite as aggressive as I made him out to be, but he still is like, please don't hurt my friend again. You really fucked him up the first time. So there's some apology scenes. Ozai apologizes to Azula for treating her like a weapon and not a person. Uh, she doesn't outright reject him, but she's like, I need some time to process this. And Iroh comes to see him next. He congratulates Ozai on becoming less of an asshole. And since Sakota is becoming less of an asshole coach, Ozai has some questions for Iroh because he wants to be more honest with everyone, including himself. So he's like, why'd our dad hate me? Why'd he beat the shit out of me? And Iroh's like, oh, damn, I didn't know about any of that. I actually believe him right now. Maybe you have changed. And maybe you have a future outside of a cell with your hot water tribe daddy. And Ozai's like, mm, how do you know about that? But he's all like, no, I can't hurt Dakota again. And I can't be with him because that would make him as much of an outcast as me. He doesn't deserve that, but Dakota is a fucking simp. He is willing to make that sacrifice. They get a little frisky. Those are bottoms again because he's not a little bitch in this fic. Well, I mean, he is a little bitch. That's just his character, but he's less of a little bitch than he usually is, especially about bottoming. While he's like lying there and Hakoda's already left the bed, he overhears a conversation between him and Bato where Hakoda's like saying that he loves him and he's like, whoa, whoa, bruh. Cause no one said that to him in a really long while. Man, Hakoda's really like one of those girls who will see a bad boy and they're like, but maybe I can fix him. <laughs> Dude, he's just zipping so hard. <laughs> Welcome to the club, man. <laughs> Arresting Hakoda, bringing him to horny jail. Uh, meanwhile, Zuko's forces have Zoo Wing cornered and they just need to draw him out. Hakoda's injured in the battle. Ozai shows that he gives a fuck right in front of everyone. So they're like, whoa, maybe he has changed. But there's a scene with Zuko after this. Ozai says that they should talk, but Zuko wanted to wait till after the battle, and Zuko confesses that he wanted to have Ozai executed after he was initially captured following the finale, but Aang and Iroh talked him out of it, and he doesn't want to give Ozai a second chance, even though everyone else wants to now that they've seen him change, and Zuko knows that maybe he should anyway, because other people had to give him that second chance. That doesn't make it any easier. So basically, Zuko's getting ready to beat the shit out of Ozai, and Ozai's like, do it! And he gets fucking progressive tax bracketed, but like with Zuko's fists instead of his dick. 
and he legit gives a pretty good apology and Zuko's like hmm distrust if you're lying I will end you this time the next scene Ursa walks in on Dakota and Jose and she warns Dakota off and there's more about her doubting him because he's a known liar it gets a bit redundant towards the end with this sort of thing where he's just saying words to apologize but the point is really that Dakota is simping in the end they decide that Ozai really has changed they let him go to the southern water tribe with Dakota restrictions of course in place he'll get to see the world so he can learn to appreciate it even though that didn't exactly work last time he was in the southern water tribe but he fucking learned nothing from that and now even with my love of this pairing the end of this fic is a little sappy for my tastes but one thing made my heart quite warm Ozai very casually without realizing it says I love you and and that gave me fifis all right it's because Koda was like he said it to him the first time and he was like it's okay you don't have to say it back but then he just says it without thinking about it and like <sighs> god god I love these dilves this is what it's all about this whole fic did give me fifis especially the second half but what I want to finish by talking about is how the two parts the pre-canon and the post-canon work together and how they don't now the first part was designed to set up the second so that ozai would have an emotional connection to okoda that would allow okoda to guide him to redemption but i don't think this fic needed two parts i think this could have been two separate works you still could have pulled a redeemed ozai out of both of them during the first part he still comes away from his experience as Ozai. He doesn't change at all. He doesn't gain an appreciation for other cultures. He doesn't actually care all that much about Hakoda or anyone else in the Water Tribe. Hakoda's just his take it back home. Banging him is just something fun to pass the time. Like, a little added bonus. Like, oh, maybe this frozen wasteland isn't so bad at all. There's a hot guy here. Now, here's what I would have done. Maybe the author was thinking about it too. But with the way this was written, a little bit posted every day without any editing, she couldn't really go back and change it. She just had to follow one plot line through. So Koda's dad vanished for like a week. They all thought he was dead and then he came back in very bad shape, but there was never a real explanation of where he was. And they mentioned going after him, but didn't go through with it. Now I would have followed this plot line. Koda and Ozai on a bonding journey to save Koda's dad from whatever the hell happened to him. Like maybe the Fire Nation got him and they need to save him. Like it would be like Boiling Rock, but moved up a generation. Somewhere along the way, they would develop real feelings for each other as they work together, face more challenges side by side, and then somehow it comes out that Oza is a fire prince. They have to work through that. They have to decide if they still trust each other. Oza goes from giving no fucks in part one to like all the fucks in part two. We don't get to see that change. I would have liked to see it. Part two also could have stood on its own with some edits, of course, with the premise of them being long lost fuck buddies stripped away. A Hakozai protege of mine, if, if you will, is currently writing a fic where Hakoda is Ozai's first visitor who's actually nice to him. So naturally, Ozai latches onto that shit, even though Hakoda's still like really probing him, trying to get him to explain all the bad decisions he made. A bit different from the Ozai we see here. They've never met before 
lore in that fic but so far it's been it's been good their dynamic in today's fic is is funnier especially in part one but overall this other fic it's better written it's called no sweet innocence by punk nerd musings and if you like this pairing then slam that motherfucking link and i'm assuming you like this pairing or at least we're intrigued by it because like i don't know otherwise why would you have listened to this review or maybe you were like, ew, oh my god. And then you were like, oh my god, this podcaster likes it too. They're not going to roast it. Like, that's what I was promised. I was promised a roast. And you just got me gushing. Sorry, not sorry. I'm trying to sell you on these dilves. But anyway, I would have really liked to see Ozai prove himself more. His apologies were mostly just him telling and not showing. The plot with the new Ozai society really could have been fleshed out. You know, we, like, we saw him get worried when Azula and Hakoda were hurt, and that was good. But that was the extent of it. Uh, he let Zuko beat the shit out of him, too. Uh, but... You know, most of his apologies were verbal only. I had a bit of a problem with that. He needed to work harder for it, especially since he already spent four years in jail, like, just, just I don't know, just sitting there. It seemed like he didn't make much progress there. Then suddenly, in the space of, I don't know, a few weeks, he reconnects with Akoda, gets his life back on track, regains a good portion of everyone's trust. Like, there just should have been more. A guy tried to fucking destroy the world, not to mention he was a horrible dad. Like, that shit's gonna take years to undo. Not one chance encounter with an old fuck buddy. For me, a lot of the appeal of Akoda being the one to lead Ozai to redemption is that they don't know each other. Akoda's a third party with no emotional connection to him, but he still very much capable of being harsh while showing him kindness when he needs it and if they become friends or lovers along the way who am i to object it's just not a good idea to put an ozai simp in charge of an ozai redemption i think it's the main takeaway the main point i'm trying to make like uh, i have a fic where they met pre-canon and they get back together post-canon and let's just say that ended very badly for hakoda not gonna spoil it more than that in case you try to read it but Brutal ending. The back end of this fic was really heavy regardless, delving into Oza's character, the nature of forgiveness, regret, compassion, all sorts of shit like that. I felt like every chapter was slamming me with wisdom bombs and as I mentioned before, the scene where they were being held captive by the new Ozai society and Nakoda was just trying to be kind to him even though he didn't deserve it. That was really good. I, I really liked that scene. One thing I did like in terms of the continuity across both parts was the theme of truth versus lie that really followed through Oze was lying about his identity the whole first part and then the second part was him trying to be honest so I did enjoy that but overall what I'm saying is that these two parts don't need each other the premises could have been two entirely separate fics in terms of structure it wasn't that well put together and again the biggest issue is that we didn't actually get to see Ozai change his mind about all the horrible shit he did and that's a pretty big flaw we all love Zuko's redemption arc because we got to see him realize his mistakes and then try to set things right but here we really only got to see Ozai try to set things right when we meet him in part two he's already expressing some regret I wanted to see how he got to that point. What I did appreciate with this part is that he faced his fair share of issues with people actually forgiving him, especially Zuko, because you don't apologize because you expect forgiveness, you do it because it's right, but it came too easy for him. Despite my criticisms, I did enjoy this fic. I fucking love their dynamic, which is the most important thing as someone who ships a rare pair and is fucking starved for content. Their interactions, the way they spoke to each other, how their senses of humor bounced off each other, that was fucking on point. I needed that. Uh, I love this fic for that alone. 
so that's all I have to say about this fake. Next episode, I'm planning on doing something a bit different for 125, three years of the bars low. Holy hell, why have I been doing this to myself for so long? Why am I not back in therapy? I'm gonna tell some stories from my career, so no fix, just me talking about myself. <laughs> because that's what you're all here for. Yeah, there's still some weird shit in it about fan fiction. Make no mistake about that. So today we covered uh, a fic by Tumblr user Cadaverthor. I don't think it has a title, but if you want to find the whole thing, it's on Cadaverthor's blog under the tag Kayla writes fanfic. The bar is low is on Instagram at the bar is low with an underscore in between each word. I actually haven't really been on Instagram lately, so probably the better place to find me these days is Tumblr at wenchikis-thoticus. I post a lot more on there, um, and you're free to join us in Horny Jail, where all the Ozai simps congregate. Well, Hakoda's not there because we didn't get to, around to inviting him yet, but we will, and he will be an honorary member of the Horny Jail uh, Ozai Simp Club. If you have a fix to suggest, feel free to get in contact with me. And if you want to drop a rating or review on iTunes, that'd be real cool. Not going to make you for five stars. Give me however many damn stars you think I deserve. As always, I'm your pal Wenchikistoticus. This is The Bar is Low. Thank you for joining me, and that's all for today.